FMX Network Production. This is the, the Flyb 60 Show on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Check, check, test, test. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday. We appreciate you listening to the Fly Moto 60 Show, supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel brands in North America, distributed in 40-plus countries. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thanks. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. We had a week off last week. The series was off. The Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships picking up this weekend in uh, lovely Washougal, Washington, uh, one of my favorite stops on the series every year. I lived in Victoria, Canada for a little while. I love the Pacific Northwest. I, I've been to Washougal a ton. I race local races there. I, always something special about the, the green trees and the water and, and everything else. Everything's great about Washougal except for the track itself. The track, uh, after years and years of racing, it's, uh, it's deceiving. It looks sweet. It seems awesome, but it's slippery. So we're going to get into that uh, later on. we got Jimmy Albertson coming on, uh, injured uh, fly racing rider Jimmy Albertson. Jason Thomas is supposed to make an appearance, although right now he's MIA. And uh, we'll see who else we can dial up. Guess what we're doing today? Uh, that's right. We're going to give shit away. Uh, we're going to give a set of flight, a fly racing light hydrogen gear. Uh, it's developed by Short and Canard. It's 2014 stuff uh, that we're going to be giving away. They're going to wear it at Washougal this weekend. It's the lightest, durable stuff out, best stuff out there. Uh, it's basically like riding in your PJs. And who the hell doesn't want to ride in their PJs? Uh, I'm Steve Mathis. With me taking your calls and handling things behind the scenes the best way he can. He has his Optrix on right now. Uh, the Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? What's up, guy? You have enjoy your off weekend? I, you know, I enjoy them, but I always miss not coming here. It's a love-hate relationship. Right, right. Well, you're going to be uh, uh, a little bit on suicide watch now that Ryan Dungey is 40 points behind Ryan Villapoto. Not good, man. It's going to be not tough good. to make up 40 points. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, what we're going to do for that gear is we're just going to take a random caller. So uh, just somebody who calls in with a good question or, or whatever to 702-586-7857. Uh, call in and uh, get someone on your – ask us what's on your mind for Washougal. For any race, really, just uh, just ask us, and uh, and we shall um, probably try to try to give you the answer. So, um, yeah, in my time, Washougal, like I said, beautiful place, beautiful track, uh, great facility. Fans are awesome. Um, what I miss though in Washougal is those little drive-by mocha shacks. They just don't have those anymore. They used to be everywhere um, back in the day. Now they've all kind of become chains. But I miss those little drive-up red shacks where you pull in and they get a custom mocha and everything else uh, uh i really miss those but i as a mechanic i was a mechanic for a long time washugal was constantly a battle for me and we're going to talk to albertson and, and thomas about that it was constantly a battle because it's slippery and the bike looks like it's good but it doesn't quite work tire guys are always um struggling with the with the conditions there at washugal trying to figure out something because riders are complaining hey i i don't I don't have traction. I'm sliding out. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Generally speaking, most of the races uh, in the Nationals have perfect traction. Washougal is not one of those. Um, as well, shadows. that You go into the back, and there's trees and shadows. And uh, so you're not sure about your line. You're not ready to hit your line. That causes some issue. Uh, goggle guys with lenses, things like that. That's an issue. It's a fine dust in Washougal. Horsepower Hill, maybe uh, – Maybe the toughest or the, the most accurate sign 
of how fast your bike is. Um, for real, I've heard it from many, many guys. Hey, I'm wide open, and, and, a, and a PC bike just goes blows through, blows by me up the hill. Or, or hey, uh, my bike was so fast, I was gaining dudes up horsepower hill. It's a true test of just nothing but horsepower. You come over the little lip, you're scrubbing it, you get your wheels down, and it is straight up that thing, and it gets rough. And uh, so Washougal's has its own challenges, and I've got to say, over the years going to that race, it's it's a real tough setup. It's real tough to get set up. And somehow, Washington State's own Ryan Villapoto has never won there. That is amazing. Uh, he's had uh, bike problems. He had a crash. He had a goggle lens go out. Um, you name it, Ryan Villapoto. He had a red flag last year. He was checked out. Um, Ryan Dungey was buried a bit a couple years back, and then there was a red flag for Trey Kennard's accident, and Ryan didn't get the start the second time. But he probably would have won that moto. So it's it's uh, it's just been a, a one thing after another, a series of curses for Ryan Villapoto. Tits, does Villapoto break it this weekend? Does he break the Washugo win streak, winless streak? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Ryan Dungey, if, you have if, to say if, Ryan. If Dungey. it would be anyone, then it would be. <laughs> it's him. not going to yes, be anybody. I, I for whatever reason, I think Dungey goes well there, and uh, RV has his problems. So I, I think Dungey can can do it again. Can do it again. Yeah. Michael Lessie winning a moto last year. <laughs> I was actually going around boycotting Washougal for the rest of that year. I was thinking, that stupid track, you can't pass on it. It was, it was ridiculous. Didn't, Dungey didn't give him his props after either. <laughs> didn't give him his props. <laughs> Very upset. Uh, hey, all right, the phone lines are already lit up. We're, we got Jimmy Albertson coming on here in a little bit. Let's get to uh, Andrew. Andrew, what's up, man? How's it going, Steve? Good. I got hey. a question. Yeah, let me know. Uh, what is it? Uh, so Ryan Dunger obviously had a day to forget at Redbud. So do you think we'll see more of a kind of motivated, pissed off Ryan or a more deflated one now that the championship's kind of over? Well, he's 40 points back. It's not totally right. over. It's tough, though. Um, you know what? I would say if the opposite were true and Ryan Villapoto was 40 points back, I think you would see, I think you would see a, a Ryan Villapoto that would go balls out. I think you would see him take a little bit of risks – hanging out a little bit to try to win. But I don't think Ryan Dungey has any any change to his riding, whether he's up 40 points, he's down 40 points. He's not going to take any risks. He's going to go very fast. He's going to have great stamina, and he's just going to go as fast as he can that time. And I don't think he, he, he can go. I don't think you'll see Ryan Dungey crash, you know what I mean, to, to hanging it out yeah. trying to beat Ryan Villapoto. He j- it's just not in him. You know, yeah. so uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he, maybe he should. Maybe other riders would do that, but I just can't see Dungy uh, doing that. I just, I just, just don't see it. Uh, he's just going to do what he does, and you know, his his mantra is uh, take it one moto at a time. Thanks his team. You know, um, very consistent with his podium speeches. Very consistent with his riding. So I don't see it, Andrew. All right, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, supported by Fly Racing. Thanks to those guys at Fly Racing USA on Twitter and Instagram. And the show wouldn't happen without Fly Racing. We're going to have Jimmy Albertson of Fly Racing. Uh, he wears the Fly Racing as he takes LCQ wins over and over. Um, we're going to have him on here in a little bit. Let's get to – hey, did you get the number? I got it. I give it to you, right, Tits? Yeah, I sent it to you. Okay. All right. I'll send it to you again. Uh, Adam, what's going on, man? Thanks, uh, thanks for calling. Hi, Steve. Uh, big fan of yours. Listen to everything you put out and read all your stuff. So thanks for uh, enlightening us uh, 
weekend warriors. Um, I had a question about the structure of your newfound media empire. <laughs> uh, okay. I wanted to know how you have it set up. I know you have two websites going right now, and I didn't know how those how you see those working out in the future. And all the uh, contributors to your website, do you are you like the final editor for everything that's contributed? And how do you hire any of these contributors? Or do they come to you, or do you seek them out, or do you read something online and go, hey, this guy can really write, and maybe I want to get him to write some stuff for me? Well, unfortunately, Moser sought me out, and I've never – I've <laughs> regretted it every day since. Um, no, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, Tony Blazer, obviously old-school guy, uh, he wrote me some emails and saying, you know, he loves his stuff and, and, and he'd love to do more, and so I got him hooked up on the site. Moser does some funny stuff. I enjoy it. I am the final editor. Much to those guys' chagrin, uh, sometimes I take things out. Sometimes I forget to take things out and then get mad after because um, I'm a pretty busy guy. But, uh, yeah, everybody kind of – I kind of seek guys out. Guys seek me out. It's a little bit of everything. Everything. Some got me out, sent me something, and I've just said, you know what? I just uh, – I don't like it. So, uh, you know, it's um, it's a little bit of everything, actually, uh, And Adam. Well, what do you what do you see going on with your Pro Moto Talk website? I mean, has it been successful? I know Pulp MX is very successful, but what about your other website? I mean, you're getting a lot of sponsors for that. Or? Yeah, everything's good, man. I'm pumped on it. You know, obviously, uh, Pulp MX is growing, man. It's it's uh, it's big, and, and I'm I'm excited for the future of that. And people seem to be visiting a lot. Pro Moto Talk going along well, uh, doing fine. It's uh, run by Dan Lamb for me for the most part. I, I should contribute more to it, but I don't. Uh, Promototalk.com. It's an idea I had just from basically mainstream sports like hockey and football, um, and I saw a need for that in moto. So um, yeah, it's um, you know it's going well. I'm pumped. Every everything is growing. The shows are growing. This show is great. The pulp show grows. The podcasts are solid. My my relationship with Racer X is fantastic. They've been great to me. So um, yeah, man, everything's good right now. I'm excited for the future, and uh, people seem to be listening no matter what i put out podcast wise i mean uh this show has been great and the pulp show and then those podcasts people can't seem to get enough of those things so it's good do you have any new stuff uh planned for next year or maybe later in the year or maybe you can't yeah i got some yeah i got some ideas i just yeah i'm still working on things still trying to trying to figure everything out i'm just so busy uh adam that i've got to manage my time well and make sure that whatever i get involved with is is good and gonna stay good and and uh you know that, so I gotta I gotta be careful because I'm I'm a pretty busy guy right now. I'd like to expand Pulp MX Video Empire for 2014. <laughs> well, I appreciate everything. So uh, have a good good yeah. weekend. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. All right, bye. Thanks, uh, Michael. What's going on, man? Hey, not much, Steve. Hey, I got a question about that air fort that everybody's on this year. It seems like a lot of the top guys are doing really well on it. Uh, they said earlier that the uh, fork was going to be a really light, was going to lighten up the front of the bike. What's some of your input from the top guys on that air fork and the development of this first real year that they're using it? Yeah, uh, well, obviously we, we heard Chad Reed struggle with it a little bit. Um, it does it does lighten up the front end a little bit, but from what I gather, it lightens the front end up, which you would think wouldn't you would you would maybe feel the front end wander a little bit, and you wouldn't feel good front wheel front tire traction. But I've heard the opposite that. Uh, it really increases front tire traction. It really helps the guys out. It's plusher than a spring fork, and the transition is smooth. Everyone but Chad Reed seems to like it. Um, it's here to stay. There's no doubt about it. We got an air shock already, so there's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, I mean, riders like Ryan Villapoto, I mean, is doing great on it. He's a yep. real front-heavy rider. 
you know, no, road, you, road front of the bike rider. Um, you know, other riders like the JGR riders are kind of towards the back of the bike. Uh, does JGR, are they looking at developing that Air Force? Yeah, they have one. Yep, they have one. It's a Showa. Very good. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, Ryan Villapoto will tell you, you know, he doesn't want to talk a lot of crap on KYB. They, they, they were great for him for years. Um, he won a lot of races, a lot of titles on it. He doesn't want to come out and say it. But, but Villapoto's told me that, that the suspension change to Showa is a big part of why he's better this year. So uh, he definitely agreed with it, no doubt about it. Thank you very much. Hey, Michael, you want to win the gear? I do. You do? You have? Uh, I do. All right. Well, you're going to win a set of light Thank you, hydrogen sir. gear developed by Albertson, Short, Canard. Uh, they're going to wear the 2014 stuff at Washugal this weekend. Not Albertson, but the other two jerkies. It's uh, the lightest, durable stuff out there, man, and it's got uh, awesome colorways, and uh, we're going to give it to you courtesy of Fly Racing. So just, Thank you uh, very much, Steve. Yeah, yeah no worries. Uh, stay on hold. Uh, tits will get your information. Thank you. All right, thanks. All right, coming up, our next guest. Uh, he wears fly racing. Um, he's looking to come back. Maybe Millville. He's been out for a while with an injury. Top Jimmy Albertson. What's up? Oh, uh, not much. Just, uh, yeah, like you said, trying to get back in the swing of things. Just started riding again. Uh, so, hey, so. Here, I would, I would come to some info with you. You heard my, my answer to the guy with the air fork? Yeah, what, yeah. What, I, you know, it's what so do you think? funny. I, it's. Everybody like is all obsessed with the air fork. Everything it's just <laughs> it's the next step. It's just like when people when they switch the forks from being you know right side up to inverted. It's like you know it's gonna happen. You know life change. People are gonna there's gonna be those growing pains. Obviously, like even when the four stroke came out, people people didn't ride the four stroke right away. You know, like right, right. Everyone was still kind of in that transition period. Um, you're they're at such a like. A new stage of the air fork. It's 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 definitely the future. It's better, you know. It's just yeah, who 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 can learn how to dial it in in the quickest. And that's why I think you know a lot of people don't like air fork because the people that are working on it aren't doing a very good job. <laughs> right, right. Well, you're one of the rare guys out there on a Honda, a top level guy that is running the standard KYB air fork. Most guys put yeah the, put the show a, a kit kit stuff on, or they'll put the, obviously the factory team has show air forks. You're perhaps the fastest Honda rider that runs KYB Air. The KYB Air suspension great. Like it, it works awesome. Like I, I don't see why people have such a big problem with it. I honestly, I feel like it worked worked better than my suspension last year. So um, right. you know, I, obviously, I just run that, and there's a, like an overstock of it too, so I can have a you know kind of. I, I got a suspension I can swap out back and forth, so I can always be on fresh stuff as well. Right. But. Uh, you know, my suspension company I work with, Merge, they, uh, you know, Jim Lewis, he came from doing air air suspension originally on mountain bike stuff, so he's very familiar with, with uh, you know, working mm-hmm. with air forks, and, um, you know, he does a really good job dialing it in. You know, I've ridden other people's bikes to, you know, like take, for instance, the, st- the stock suspension before I got it revalved. I didn't like it. No, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I was kind of like scratching my head going, man, this stuff is, it's not the best, you know, but after I got it, we did some suspension testing on it, got it revalved up, and I absolutely love it. Oh, that's good. Hey, so um, maybe Millville for you? Maybe the last no, few? No. No? Nah, I mean, okay. I, I would like to be back in Millville, obviously. That's one of my favorite tracks. You know, I, I feel like I always ride good up there, but I'm just to the point right now where if I put a like, I've, I've only ridden two days on a 
on a full outdoor track. Okay. And, you know, you, like, take, for instance, yesterday I did four 20-minute motos, and, like, that's a lot of riding in a day, and I was pushing hard, but, like, after a hard day like that, I got to take, like, two days off before my wrist feels good again. Right, right. You right. know, so, so I'm still in that area to where, like, you know, I got to take days off of riding so I can get back, you know, so I can try to, like, make another gain on it. Do you so, think you'll I mean, make... I don't know. Yeah. For me right now, I'd love to be back racing, but, you know, you always want to try to go out there and put in your best result. I, I don't really think up until... I, you know, my goal, my plan, my, like, what I want to do is hit the last two races this okay. year. all right. And that's kind of, like, my goal right now, and I want to be, like, completely ready to go out there and, and you know, be the best, basically, like I never left, and, um, you know, go out there and put in good results for everybody. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, you want to take some calls about Washougal? Let's 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 focus on Washougal, a track that yeah. you've done very well on, by the way. A couple of six. Washougal, yeah. yeah, it's it's awesome, man. Washougal is my favorite place. It's like my favorite track all right, of all time. I've never, I, I mean, other than other than uh, last year, I got a bad concussion there. But before then, I'd never been outside of the top ten at that race. Yeah, and it's not not just. I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those riders. If I really enjoy riding a track. Then it's just like, you know, some people will like a track because they do get there, not necessarily because it's a fun track. It's fun, right. But, like, that's just, like, basically it's, it's nice and hilly and the dirt, exactly what I grew up on, except it's, like, really cool elevation. and just a really cool area. So, but you'll, Washougal is an awesome place. But you'll agree with me, a lot of guys don't like it, or they, they're ambivalent about it anyways, because of the lack of traction, the shadows, um, there's a lot of uh, guys that aren't that big of fans of Washougal. Yeah, you know, it's it sucks because I think that in the Outdoor National Series, all, all the tracks are so alike right. that, um, you know, when you go to Washougal, people tend to complain because you get the, you know, you get the locals up there a little bit, and then you get some guys that are just better on hard-packed tracks that go up there and kill it. And, yeah. You know, it's it sucks because that's I think that there should be more, you know, different surfaces on the outdoor national series. It's not like Washougal is this big dust hole that gets hard packed and, and you can't see anything. It's, yeah. The dirt hard packed, but it's not like, like I said, it's not like they let the track go and it's just completely terrible. Yeah. It's hard packed. You got to use a little more throttle control. The shadows are tough, but it, you know, everybody has to deal with them. You know, it's not a big deal. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's get to some calls. Uh, Jason, what's going on, man? Jason. Oh. Hey Jason, what's up? Yes, what's happening? Uh, not much. You? Uh, nothing. Just doing the Fly Racing Moto Sixty show. What's your question? Uh, well, my question was I read an article on like Villapoto and you know how hard he trains and you know strives to be the best and kind of related to Ricky, you know, retiring pretty early and being done with the sport. What my question is is. You know, I can kind of see Villapoto doing the same thing as Ricky, you know, winning a couple more championships and retiring pretty young. Does as much work as those guys put in, does that take away, you know, from the fun of the sport, you know, where you look at someone like Short who, you know, even once he's done retired racing motocross, you know, he'll probably do enduros and trail riding and shit like that. Yeah, it's uh, interesting you say that because I just did an interview with Kevin Wyndham uh, on Racer X, and, and Wyndham brought that same thing up. 
when you go as hard as RC and RV do, and you, he, he even said, I don't think winning is that much fun for those guys because yeah. that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they work for. Uh, yeah. It's just expected. And, and maybe Albertson, you can, you can answer this. I think RV will be out in a couple of years. I just think he's got his millions. He's got his legacy that he doesn't care much about, but and I just think when you live it and live that lifestyle, it's tough to maintain. It's a grind. Yeah. Jimmy, what do you think? You're not, not going to see RV fizzle. He's going to go out on top whenever he does. Yeah, that'll be you it. Know, yeah. he, he's got a group of people around him, like, you know, and they, I believe they all know what his, what his plans and goals are as far as when he wants to retire, and they're going to make it to where he goes out. You know, he, they're not going to let somebody else come up there and, and beat him down. It'll be just like what Carmichael did. I mean, obviously, he's kind of got, you know, he's got the same trainer Carmichael did and stuff like that. I mean, I don't see him really. And even Carmichael kind of did the farewell deal. I think is going to be more like he's <laughs> yeah. going to, he's just going to be out, gone, you know. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, obviously, he has worked hard to get where he's at. You know, a lot of times I've, I've saw Villapoto interviews where he kind of says, you know, it, he does it, this is my work. I, You know, sometimes it looks like he doesn't even enjoy it. But, you know, I, I really think that, you know, a guy like him, sometimes you just got to realize, like, or he needs to see, like, dude, your job is pretty awesome, you know. Like, <laughs> right. you, you know, like, let's face it, you make millions of dollars racing a dirt bike. You know, you don't have to go work some crappy job and, get told off by some boss that has a huge ego or something like that, you know, he yeah. calls the shots. Yeah. You know, I, well, you know, I think hey. over there at Kawasaki, he's above anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I if think he doesn't right. like somebody, they leave, you know, you know, Alden, Alden Baker, uh, RV's trainer. Now RC's trainer back in the day, he told me that he really thought that James Stewart coming in, obviously RC beat him a lot, but he, RC knew the future and, and, maybe didn't want to just go that fast. You know what I mean? He's got his legacy. Yeah. He's got his titles. Uh, you know, and I just think he's like, hey, I'm, I'm out. You know what I mean? That's, that's something that Alden has floated, floated by me. It, it, it just it got to a point where it's like, I don't want to do what this dude is going to do because there's always the next guy, you know? So, yeah. Th- th- thanks, you Joe. know, it was, it was hard. Like, growing up, you know, obviously through my – my uh, my younger years, everybody looked up to Jeremy McGrath, you know, and and um, he was such a dominant figure. And then to watch him go out there, and even when he was just getting thirds and stuff, it was just like it was so disappointing for everybody. Yeah. And I think you know, at the end of the day, like the guy's out there giving it his all, and he's getting third places, and nobody's even everybody's just disappointed in him. It's yeah. tough, and yeah, right, right, you know, and it's it's bullshit. But that's just how how racing is, you know, and especially when he got on that KTM and it was just like, he saw it. It was just like, man, this yeah. is just, this is not going to be good. And he just, he, he went out and that's, you know, probably honestly, that's probably one of the better decisions he made because, you know, unless you're really enjoying racing and you can accept going out there and not winning, you just don't even need to be out there because you're going to either end up getting hurt or not being satisfied, you know? Right. Um, thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Derek, you got some questions about uh, Washougal or opinions or something on Washougal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, you and Jimmy already kind of brushed up on it. But my question, I guess, was being I'm from Washington a couple hours away, and I've raced there several times over the years. And just like you and Jimmy were talking about how it's different than all the other tracks, and you talked about earlier how that's 
the track itself is the only bad thing. But I guess my question is, is that necessarily a bad thing that it's different? Because I've heard, and even like Jimmy today saying that so many of these tracks are trying so hard to become a, a good intermediate soil that they're all the same and yeah. there's really nothing that's different to set them apart. No, you're right. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a bad thing at all. We have so much, and you know, obviously um, it's true that the riders complain and they bitch and the tire guys are, are busy all day long, but yeah, who cares? What it is, what it you is. Know, yeah, it's so funny that people call that pace so slick too. Because man, first practice out there, or second practice, mm-hmm. dude, that place is there is no better dirt on the planet right. than 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 Washougal. I agree. Yeah, towards the end of the day, it starts getting slippery when they start throwing some water on it. But I mean, it's nothing that it's nothing that you don't see in your local California tracks. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not. It's not this crazy, like, slippery place. I don't, that's where, where I kind of don't get, but, um, you know, like, the last, all the times I've always been there, like, it's, honestly, it's, like, the best dirt in the series to me, but then again, I do enjoy riding hard pack tracks and stuff like that. Yeah, but. you got a couple of six there. That's pretty, pretty damn good, Albertson. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't not. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Derek. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Uh, you knew this was coming, Jimmy. You knew it was happening. Uh, Sinjin. Hey, what's going on? What's up? What's going on, Jimmy? <laughs> Not much, man. How's the collarbone? Uh, it's good. I, I have to wait a couple more weeks to ride, but I, I don't know. It's actually pretty good. It's crazy how collarbones, they feel so good, like, right after, you know? Yeah, okay, all right. Move oh, on. yeah. What's, what's, okay. okay, okay. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so two questions. Uh, first is, um, <laughs> Jimmy, obviously you don't make millions. At least I don't think you do. Like, um... My question is for you, like, what do you think you'll do after racing? And, and, like, do you plan on retiring anytime soon? I would expect not, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll race a dirt bike in whatever way, as long as I can, you know, to make money. And when I stop yeah. doing that, then when I stop making enough money to live, then I'll, I'll figure something <laughs> else out. But, you know, I'll definitely stay inside the industry. I really like working with everybody. I, I just love the sport. You know, it's not... It's honestly, I never once consider my job to be work at all and, and to be able to, you know, just pay the bills is, is good for me, you know, as long as everything's, as long as I'm not struggling to live, it's all, it's all good, you know. So, I mean, you shoot, like I, when, I get, when I get old, I'll try to do, you know, some, some off-road stuff or, or whatever, but, you know, just kind of do it as long as you can, I guess, and then figure it out from there. All right, good to hear. And the second thing is, uh, fuck, I forgot it. Fuck. All right, whatever. I, I can't think of it. And, uh, all right, well, good luck to you, and I'll see you the last two. I'll see you at Elsinore. And, uh, that sounds good, we, man. We can hardly wait, Sinjin. Thank you. And wait, wait, Steve. Yeah. People look out for the Moto Triple X van up at Washougal. My buddy Colton X racing it this weekend. Awesome. Memories in that all thing. Right. Oh, thanks. Um, Jimmy, um, have you have you gotten the, the 2014 fly stuff yet? Have you bottled it? Uh, no. I haven't got it yet, but um, I was I rode I wore some up for the photo shoot, but um, man, the stuff is awesome. Like um, like like I I know I sound like a broken record because last year their stuff was really good too. But um, you know when I first started wearing their gear in 2012, I mean this is you know we're talking only two years ago, yeah. you know two two gear lines ago, I I didn't like the gear personally. Like it, it didn't fit very well, and the, the the color designs weren't, you know, that great. I, I thought the gear was, was ugly, to be honest. So, yeah, obviously, at the time, I wasn't going to say that. 
because right. that really looks bad when you're when you're trashing your sponsors. But Clearly. what's cool is the group of people they have over there right now are very they're open. They're like they know they they listen to people's input and they they really go for it. And the last two years, man, the gear is awesome. Like if if I were to go out and buy a gear, you know, I would I would choose fly. It's you know, especially this new stuff that came out, stuff I wore at the photo shoot, it looks so well. And another cool thing about it is their their helmet paint jobs that look so good now stock that they all match up with all their gear. So mm-hmm. you can go out and you can buy a complete set of gear and look like you're, you know, a top factory rider just because it all matches and flows together really well. But you're a hero. Has good color patterns. Uh, all right, look, Jake has a question about privateer life, and uh, nobody better to answer it than you, Jimmy. Uh, yep. J- Jake, what's going on? What's your question for uh, Jimmy Albertson? Oh, hi guys. Uh, I was just gonna ask Jimmy about uh, how he is—he's a privateer and everything like that—and how much longer he is gonna do it for. And like Cole Thompson, uh, just recently—I'm uh, from Canada. He just recently came back to Canada to race because he was struggling in the states trying to uh, afford it. So I just wanted to take uh, Jimmy's input on that. Yeah, you know, a guy like Cole Thompson's a little bit, a little bit tougher. When you're younger, um, you you want to race, you want to get your name out there, you want to, you want to, um, you know, do all the national series and everything like that. Which you know, that's what I was going to do this year before I got hurt. But yeah. there's a time whenever, whenever you uh, you are a privateer and and you're not getting paid from any companies, that you got to really pick and choose your racing. Yeah. If, if it's going to really dig into your wallet and it's going to cost you a bunch of money to go do it and you're not going to see, maybe it's not a track that you quite do so well at or something like that, then you just have to learn, look, I'm not going to go do this race. You know, I'm going to try to do a race that I can, I can maybe go make a little more money at or, and I'll save up and I'll, and I'll be physically and mentally ready and financially ready to go do this one race that I, that I like the track and I have a really good shot at doing doing well at so i mean being a private team you just kind of got to be a little bit smarter about it you know you gotta you gotta kind of um know where you can where you can showcase yourself and where it's time that maybe you just maybe hit a local race to make a little bit of money to to keep going but um you know luckily i've had a bunch of good people supporting me this year like you know fly racing and x-brand goggles and the guys down at merge that um merge racing that i really you know i was able to be able to do every single race but you know, I've been I've been there in, in Cole Thompson's shoes before, where where you kind of like, okay, well, we gotta select, we gotta pick and pick and choose ours yeah, because right. you know the, the wall is pretty, hey, um, getting pretty light. Uh, Jake, uh, you're in Canada, obviously. Uh, yep. Jimmy, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jimmy, but your teammate in Supercross on the HRT team, Austin Politelli, uh, he's kicking ass in Canada right now in the MX2. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is which is really no surprise. I mean, he. I mean, not saying that's bad for the for the Canadian riders. There, there are good riders up there too. But no, I'm surprised. Like, let's I'm, face I'm, it. The I'm, guys, the guys, a fourth place in the West Coast. He's got a fourth place at one of the Supercross in the West Coast Supercross series. I mean, that was a pretty stacked yeah. coast. I mean, I think he's, he's he's a he's a talented guy. Is there's no question about Austin's riding ability. So whenever. I heard he was going up there. I was like, oh, that'll be good for him. Right. But then I heard he was riding the lights class, and I was like, man, they really should have stuck him on a 450. Yeah. Because let's face it, if he wins the lights series up there, everybody's going to go, oh, well, of course he won the lights series. If he wouldn't have, he would have been a complete failure. Yeah, you he's know? a pretty big guy for the But I, I really think he would have been good to put on a 450 up there, and that's what, you know, 
if I mean, maybe hopefully he can wrap that title up sooner and maybe hop on a 450 for the last couple rounds or something, and that would be a good little right. showcase for him to go out there and run around with Meg Taft. I'm surprised, I think though. got hurt, though. I'm surprised he's this dominant. Um, he's a good rider. He's a great rider. He's talented, but... Dude, he's been killing it. Like, see you later. Uh, this weekend, he, he didn't win. Uh, he crashed in one of the motos and finished way back, but he came back for, a, I think, a second in the, in the, in the sand. But uh, I don't know. I'm surprised that he's that good. That's all. Yeah. So. Didn't Jesse Whitland win this weekend? No, he got, he got second. Jesse got second. You know who won? It was Tolfer Ingalls. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Jake. Appreciate okay, well, it. thank you, guys, and uh, have a good show. Yeah. And, uh, thank you. I'll be listening. All right. Uh, all right, Albertson, before we let you go, um, the 250 MX class, it seems to be boiling down to Tomek or Roxon. There's seven points difference. Who do you like for the title? There's uh, five rounds left. You know, I mean, they're, obviously they're both nice guys. Oh, of course. Whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, like, you know, I, I like Tomac a lot. I like, I like, you know, his family and everything. I like his riding style. I like his, like, his grit, some motos, it's just like he's just a beast out there. You know, he's unstoppable. And that's kind of like he's one of those riders that when he's on, it doesn't matter if he's completely out front all by himself, he's still fun to watch. Yeah. You know, like he's still going for it and just charging, over jumping, smashing off for us. Like that's like what I like about Tomac. And not only that, like I said, he's too comes from a super nice family, super nice guy. So. I really, you know, he's moving up out of lights class. He he lost that lights championship to Roxon, you know. He's American as well. That's also another thing that you kind of got to play into factor, you oh, know. Like you want to see American win. It's Come on. Just, stop it. It, it, it. It's just how it is. I mean, not that Jim's a great guy. Like, don't get me wrong. So, like, I like Marvin Musman a lot, too. You know, he's super right. cool. Uh, they both. They both uh, raced over in Europe when I was over there, and uh, you know, he's, I, I, I'm a Tomac fan. I color- just like his, uh, I like his grit. Obviously, if I could choose anybody, I'd want to see Osborne out there winning. But wow. you know, hopefully, he can yeah. sneak in a win or two by the end of the series. All right, and uh, and switching to the 450 class, let's ask you. Uh, RV's got a big enough lead where we think he's going to win. Let's ask you about Trey Kennard, though. Your buddy, your riding buddy. You, you ride at his place. You're you're best friends with him. BFFs, let's say. Um, what mm-hmm. do you, what do you make of his season so far? How do you think it's been going? He's uh, he, it's funny because early on it looked like Justin Barsha, his teammate, had a had an edge over him, and in the last two three races it looks like Trey stepped it up. They're very equal, and they're a tick off of the Ryan's. Um, but what do you think of his season so far? I think it's good, you know, considering everything that that's happened. When you take a year off of racing and then to to basically hit every single race is a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's kind of a, basically a shock to your body and to mentally be um, to mentally be sharp for every single weekend is tough. And I think you just kind of going through that period. I, there's that period where there's a lot of stuff going on in his life too. He just got engaged to be married and um, you know, he's got a lot of stuff on his plate, obviously with, um, with the whole transition of moving in with his new wife in September or with September when they get married or whatever it's going to be. It's yeah. And we lost him. Jimmy Albertson is gone. Or either gone via poor cell connection or kidnapped by aliens. One of the two. Tits, do you have, do you have a, a theory? Probably poor cell connection. Yeah, okay. If not, I had to guess. Yeah, not aliens? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, probably not. And just to complete it, there he goes. Yeah. Well, we're done with him anyways. If he calls back, <laughs> tell him we're done. Okay. Um, 
Uh, all right, Fly Racing Moto 60 show uh, in the house. And um, appreciate you guys uh, listening. Now the time is time for the commercial. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Pulp MX fans, Fly Racing is all about sharing with the fans. And as a result, they created the Flywall, a fun way for you to share your photos. That's right. We're in the social media age now. Uh, simply head over to flyracing.com, look for the Flywall in the upper right of the homepage. Choose post a pic, upload a photo of yourself and your favorite fly racing gear. Maybe get some 2014 stuff. That'd be pretty bitchin'. You can even apply Instagram-like photo filters or choose a photo from one of your Facebook photo albums. Once approved, your photo will show up on the flywall. It's as simple as that. So head on over to flyracing.com, upload your photo for a chance to feature it on the flywall. While you're at it, make sure you follow at flyracing on Facebook, or flyracing on Facebook, at flyracingusa on Twitter and Instagram. See you on the track and on the flywall. The Cult. Coming to Vegas very soon. I'm very much debating on whether to go see them or not. Very, very exciting. Um, I, so thanks to Jimmy Albertson uh, for coming in. We appreciate that. And uh, we're coming up with Jason Thomas right away, which is uh, pretty exciting. JT upselling uh, fly racing gear now. He re- retired, living the retired life. And... Uh, Hanging out with J- with with, uh, with JT. And uh, hey, so what, what I was thinking about Washugo was this weekend. So uh, cut the cult music for now. Uh, last year, Roxon had a poor Washugo. It went like four seven. Tomac got second overall. Uh, you know who was good last year? Sneaky good. And it was one of his better races. Was Marvin Muskin? Yeah, Marvin Muskin. Uh, three four last year and. When you think of Washugo, like we talked about with Jimmy Albertson, we think of Slippery, we think of uh, um, um, a little bit loss of traction and needing uh, needing um, traction. Marvin Muskan, maybe not as good at uh, going balls out, but very good at throttle control and technical-wise and making sure that he's got uh, the perfect uh, style and everything. So I think Muskan, I don't know if he's going to beat uh, Tomac and Roxon, but... I uh, I think he can be right there. I think Muskan could be a sleeper this weekend. And, of course, he's been great. He won two nationals, so maybe not a sleeper. But I think he can get in the mix a little bit. And uh, he's going to be good there. And with Baggett, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know about Blake Baggett, what we're going to see. Does the Michael Essie win, win another moto in Washougal? Jason Thomas. Sir. Does the 800 come through with a moto win? No. No. Okay. No. Think about Definitely it. Not. Think about it for a moment. Too late. He he won last uh, year. He's, he's not going to win. Uh, he might do good. <laughs> he gets a whole shot. He, okay. He's not going to win. He's not going to win a moto. Uh, all no. right. But he did ride great last last year there. Um, Absolutely. No, I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did last year. But right. hey, but I, you don't want any waffling. So I'm trying to give you answers. <laughs> you did not waffle on that one. There was no waffling. Um, all right. So we had Jimmy Albertson on talking about Washugo. Uh, he's done very well there before, a couple of six places. He said he loves the track, one of his favorite ones. What's your take on Washugo? You raced it probably at 30, 40 times. Uh, I like it. I think the track's a, a really good track. It's easily the most scenic track we go to. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the shadows. If it's if it's a sunny day, the shadows in the uh, are probably the sketchiest thing of the whole year. Uh, um I think overall the event's 
it's an awesome event, and, and I love going there just because I like the Pacific Northwest. So, are the shadows that bad, really? Like you're, yes. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So all in that back section there, when you exit, uh, you go into the back tree lines, you make a left and a right, and you're kind of going up and down hills right there before you pop out in the whoops. Yeah, well, when you're coming, it, it's like going from uh, you know the sunshine into a dark room. You can't see, so you come. You're doing 40 miles an hour yeah. coming down a hill, and you go from sunlight to <laughs> complete darkness and yeah. you just your eyes don't adjust quick enough <clears throat> and you can't see where you're going can you can uh, you believe that the 800 runs the uh the mirrored lenses there um i can <laughs> just because it takes some of the glare out but but then in the back uh, he, he seems to he has no problems <laughs> well you know what i think uh well i don't want to put i don't want to put down any i'm not going to get into that war <laughs> all right i just just i'm just saying it's odd it's unusual for being so dark. That's all. I don't need a. Wasn't trying to start a war. <laughs> well, no. I you're you're going with down the the clear vision path. Oh and, no! Uh, I'm, I, I'm just going down the path that I would think you would definitely want a clear lens for the shadows that you say are I that think, bad. Yeah. I think it may help because you're you're going from such not a you, you such run. a big contrast. Okay. Good point. You're taking some of the sun away. Right. You know what I mean? So. Good point. Um. Hey, uh, a couple guys making their return, and a couple guys wearing fly racing gear. Uh, Matt Beef Gurky and Weston Pike coming back this weekend. Yeah, they're both uh, back, both back on the series, which will be cool. Right. Um, I know, uh, you know, we've on our team, we've been waiting for for Matt to come back for a while. Um, you know, obviously our guys have been doing pretty well, but it'll be cool to have the full full force out there, which we haven't had all year because Burner's been hurt and then Matt got hurt. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting times. You know, I, I'm not real sure how ready Matt is or what condition he's in or anything like that. But it'll be cool to have the 62 bike on the track. Yeah, how's he going to do? I mean, can can we? I mean, it's, he had a bad injury. He's been out for a while. I mean, can we go top ten? Can we go around ten? What do we? What do I we don't think? know. I've had I've had that injury he had, and it's it's not very much fun. Um, your wrist is basically immobile for you know yeah eight to ten weeks. Um, so I'm not, I'm not real sure where he's at. I, I would expect he'll probably do better at Millville just because he'll have another week and he's, you know, that, that dirt's a little bit more conducive for him. Right, right. Um, but just, just getting him out there and having another bike on the track and whatever result, you know, we, we know it's a it's a building process to get him back to 100%. So. And, um, and Pike? Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing. It's going to be cool. Um, the thing I'm most interested with, with Weston is just to see if, uh, you know the pace has has passed him up a little bit, or is he going to come in right where he was, right around that you know seven to ten spot, or yeah. that whole dynamic of him sitting out for two months where everybody else has been racing each other? Uh, if that's going to play a factor or not? Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You got a question for JT or a question about Washougal? Call in on the Fly Racing Moto sixty show. You know, last year I thought the same thing about Pike, and last year he shows up and goes eight eleven in a in couple of pretty good rides so yep. you know it's kind of the same deal where he, you were like hey how's he gonna do he's been out for a while you know the pace and all that but last year and of course we've talked about this a ton not uh probably not as deep of a field uh, apologies yep. to david villeman but 811 uh good good job for weston last year yeah he did ride really well but i i want to yeah i want to reiterate that it's it's definitely not last year's field so uh no, I, he's been racing. He raced in Australia. He's been racing these mm-hmm. these kind of outlaw races. So yep. it's not like he's been sitting on the couch waiting around. Um, but it'll be 
it's going to be exciting. <laughs> what I was kind of wondering is, is uh, Ryan Huffman going to race again? That'll be that'll be interesting because he rode he rode Hangtown and qualified. He did, yeah. But you know, anybody that's ever been to Washougal in years past, that guy used to whole shot and, and lead these races. So you know, I think he that'll be uh, he that'll did, be fun to watch. I think he didn't qualify a couple years ago. Or he tried a couple years ago. And he didn't qualify. Amazingly enough. Um, yeah, and, and but anyway. qualified at Hangtown, you think he'd have to be riding more than he was back then? Yeah, so. yeah, you're right. Um, so uh, can Pike put in the top ten? Right. Oh, I think he's yeah. definitely capable of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he gets if he gets decent starts and puts himself in a good position, uh, he certainly you know has the speed and fitness and all that stuff. So right. I would if he you know if he went like seven nine or eight ten or even ten ten that that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, I just think yep, that's. I mean, he came out of the first race of the year with a full field and and did that. So you know, why would why would you not expect that now? Uh, the 22, Chad Reed, your your buddy. He uh, he's got press day in Washougal. Looks like he's riding today. Um, is he going to be better? Is he going to be better? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I know the weather's been really bad in Florida, so he hasn't been able to ride a ton. Um, bad hot. You know, it's been hot. raining. Oh, raining. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been raining every day down there. So, uh, you know, he was better than he's been um, at Redbud. Right. I, I think. Uh, slightly, anyways. Yeah, slightly. it's just. Yeah. Yeah, it's just steadily, steadily improving, and you know, I think his last uh, interview was really telling. I mean, he knows where he is. He's kind of in that group of Brayton Alessi, all those guys that are anywhere yeah. from you know six or seven up to twelve. You know, so um, I think he's just trying to do the best he can and and steadily improve and finish this year out and and try to come out in 2015 as the the old Chad Reed that we've known to grow and love. Three guys had uh, great red buds. Well, first of all, let me ask you this: the week off does that help or hurt anybody? Does it? Does it? What does it do for you as a racer? Uh, do you? Can you keep the role going that you're on? Can it? Does it allow you to change your role if you're if you're having if you're having shitty results? Does it allow you to change it? Like, what's the week off factor play into? Um, at this point, I think everybody's pretty much got their settings and and pretty much dialed in, and I wouldn't expect a huge. Um, you know, shuffle amongst the pack. I think everybody's kind of found their role, and really, I think everybody for you was just a little bit of a chance to relax a little bit. Um, you know, that first first break in the season, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh man, we got we got to make these changes and this change, and we can, you know, I've worn this, and we need to change that." But now it's kind of like, well, it's nice to nice to get a breather here and and yeah. go into this last stretch of the season. I don't see um, much change going. It was just nice to get away from the races for a little bit. Okay, um, so with that, three guys had good red buds. Uh, Josh Grant, James Stewart, and Justin Brayton. Brayton's been on fire the last little bit. James had a had a, a good ride at uh, at Red Bud, and um, and Josh Grant, man, he led led the first moto for a little while. Any reason to think that those guys um, won't be as good, or, or any reason to think that those guys have not turned a corner? Well, I think it was some of it was circumstances uh, with the track and and Josh Grant especially. He's just very very good at Redbud uh, for whatever reason. You just you know he just clicks there. So to say that Josh Grant's going to come out and be third quickest in practice and then finish on the podium for the day, I don't necessarily expect that. I, that's not to say he won't do it, but I don't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know Redbud is uh, one of if not his best track. So you kind of. Um, not a certainty, but you're kind of like, yeah, well, that makes sense. Washougal, right. not not as much. Uh, Stewart, 
you never really know. I mean, it's like roll the dice and whatever comes out. The guy could win the moto going away, or he could so, get 40th, or he could get fourth. You know, there's just no telling. So it may not rain yellow this weekend? Um, You know what? It's really overcast here, so you're, it, it, there's always a chance of it raining yeah. any color. Right. Good, with you. good point, good point. So who is good at Washougal? When it, when you think of riders, either class, uh, I think a Muscan, uh, the track suits him. I, I mentioned that earlier. But in your mind, is there anybody who is good at Washougal? Uh, obviously, Albertson, but he's out. So um, yeah, I would have said uh, I would say Alessi, and I know we've kind of already covered that. Yeah, but yep. I think uh, he he's a, obviously a great starter, and this track notoriously hard to pass on. Um, so that that favors him. Uh, Any time where you can really guard your inside, and and I think he demonstrated that as <laughs> about as best as you could. Is, right. Uh, as, as Ryan does, <laughs> you know how to guard your. Yeah. As Ryan Dungey yeah, is flying off the track behind him. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's a great track for a hug as well, if anybody out there is uh, yeah, so yeah. inclined to, to hug it out after the race. Some people aren't. Some people don't want to hug it out. Some people don't want to acknowledge greatness. Well, it was a, it's a <laughs> highly controversial move. Um, not really sure if it was appropriate or what, but uh, I... I would well, love to see round two of the hug off. He he did give him a thumbs up. I'm not sure what else Mike wanted. Perhaps a, an actual porking right on the track. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, what else, you know? There was a, there was a thumbs up. There was an acknowledgement. But well, that's kind of stuff you come to expect from Mike. You know, <laughs> just a little bit quirky, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's okay. just their whole program. It's not good or bad. It's just different. It's just different. Well said. Uh, 250 class, obviously. Uh, Seven points, Roxon's got on Tomac. I mentioned Muscan. He went 3-4 there last year. Roxon went like 4-7. I don't remember why he went 4-7. But uh, Tomac got second. Uh, any 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 thoughts on those guys? Is it going to be a Tomac-Roxon duel now to the end? And, and maybe Muscan gets in there. Maybe Baggett, maybe Osborne. Yeah, I think those two have clearly defined themselves as the, the best two guys in the class. Um, especially, uh, you know, that... Muscan's not struggling, but he hasn't really been on either of those two pace as of late. Um, you know, I think the rocks and results last year were more attributed to bad starts, and then the track's incredibly hard to pass on. So, um, you know, I think if you want to point to anything, if Tomac's starts are, you know, bad, as we've seen here and there, that may play a factor in letting Roxon get away, because Roxon's starts have kind of been pretty consistent. So, yeah, and, and, like, uh, yeah, and as you said, tough to pass on. So. Yeah, and as we get on the stretch, you're going to see that, you know, kind of that factor go in and out. Where you track like Millville, I don't think the start really matters at all. Yeah. You know, sand whoops and all these different lines up and down the hills. I think Tomac will be able to pass a will, but he really, really has to make sure that he doesn't bury himself on the first lap at a track like Washougal. Right, right. Um, Baggett? A question mark. Baggett's a James Stewart at this point. And I think Baggett will be pretty good at Washougal. Uh, he's good, and, you know, he grew up on those Southern California tracks where, um, you know, he, he feels comfortable when the traction's low, like Hangtown. Uh, so I look for a rebound from Baggett. Um, he's had a really rough couple of weeks here. So, uh, you know, yeah, he had a week off. I know he's been riding with James Stewart. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be a guy that I would expect to kind of get back up to where he belongs. Am I... Am I uh, crazy, or is Michael Byrne a bit of a sleeper at Washougal? Why do I seem to remember Burner putting in some good rides there? Or maybe not, but... 
Well, Burner's a really technical rider. Yeah. Um, he's not one of those guys that just likes to hang it out and, right. and you know, push way beyond his limit. Uh, similar to kind of what Unadilla, where there's a little bit less traction. You have to be real smooth and, and really listen to what the bike's doing out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, a track like Pete, he's a great starter. So a track like Mashugal really favors him, where he can get out front with a great start and, and really uh, concentrate on riding the track well instead of just, you know, kind of turning your yeah. brain off going wide open. Right, right, right. Uh, let's get to the phones finally. Uh, Evan, um, let's take your call. Evan, what's going on, man? Hey, Steve. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's the question? Um, with all the guys moving out of the 250 class, the top four are going to do full 450s next year. Is that correct? The top four? Tomac, Roxon, uh, Baggett. No, no Baggett and Moosecan are staying 250s. And Moosecan. Baggett and, and uh, Moosecan are staying 250s. Oh, they're going to do 250 outdoor next year again? And to the indoor, probably. Yep. Well, Baggett anyway. Uh, Muscan for sure. Um Baggett, uh, who knows? I keep hearing Baggett's talking to some 450 teams, but Mitch Payton says he has a contract for next year for okay. Pro Circuit team. So Tomac and Roxon are gone, though, yeah. Would it be crazy for a current, current 450 guy to drop down to the 250s outdoor for next year? You just don't see that anymore, and I don't know why not. The last guy I remember really doing it, well, Mike Brown did it forever, but right. uh, uh, Ernesto Fonseca rode 250 Supercross, finished third in points, and then rode 125 Nationals. What about um, uh, Weimer? Was he? No. Would he be a guy that would no, drop down? They would never do that. I mean, I know he's that, done contract for 450. Yeah, year, he's but. got a contract for 450s, and it's it's Mitch Payton's class for Kawasaki. Kawasaki says, "Hey, right. you're you're our guy there." But JT, it's weird, right? We just don't see that anymore. It's almost like guys can't wait to get to a 450 class, but like they shouldn't be like that. It, the 250 class is it's as legit and as good of a title as the 450 class. It's just a different mentality nowadays. Yeah, and I think uh, I think back when we saw that more, it was back when the the factories had a dedicated 250 guy or a couple of dedicated 250 guys, and they really don't do that now. They've pretty much farmed all their teams out, uh, so you don't see as much of a guy where <clears throat> that option exists. Where Weimer could be like, "Well, we have a you know, they don't, don't even build a factory right. 250 anymore." So that option it, it's really getting limited as to what they can do. They're really getting specialized in what bikes they're they're building and and really trying to make those things as good as we can. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. There's, there should be it no yeah, there should be no problems, but, but yeah, everybody has a team to go to except for KTM, which, you know, Moosecan will be there. Maybe one other guy. Right. So. It just seems like Weimer needs a whole new, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. He had a good red bud. He had a good first moto at red bud. Yeah. I mean, it was but, his... I mean, he seems like really mentally he's got some issues going on week to week. He's very emotional, JT. Right? Like, that, that's, I guess that's he's what I'm very emotional, Weimer. Oh yeah, you, you have to look at the guys he's racing with. He's not racing with scrubs. I mean, he's battling with oh no doubt guys that are you're you know arguably just as good or you know that same level as him. You know, guys like Brayton and Josh Grant and all these guys he's racing with. They're all. I mean, they've all won races. They've all done all these great things. You know, so it's easy to sit back and say, oh, Weimer's doing terrible," but it's really not. No, you I'm not saying he's, he's racing against. No, no, I know, but that's, I mean, I've even done it. I, I'm I'm as guilty as anyone is like, man, what's going on with him? And then you go down the line of names that he's battling with, and you're just kind of like, well, you know, I, I don't know. Like, he's, he's right he's behind Kennard, or he's right behind you. this guy, or that right. guy. It's like, well, you know, I don't know that he's that much better than him, or even better than him at all, so. When you look at all the guys, he's finishing where you might think he would finish. The, the, Correct. the biggest problem we have, and, and maybe I'm to blame, although I like to think I'm not, JT probably thinks I am, the... 
we the fans in our sport, um, you know, uh, uh, Tony Stewart will finish. Maybe he's a bad example because he's a past champion. But uh, there's got to be some NASCAR guy that never wins but is solid. JT, give me give me a name. There's got to be a NASCAR guy that's like solid but doesn't, uh, doesn't win. Yeah, I think I think there's a ton of them, but right. NASCAR it's not really fair because it's so much more. Well, they're so on such a level playing field talent wise. Well, what I'm saying, though, is, um, is there some dudes that go out there and they have good races and no one says on an internet forum, that guy sucks. No one in the media, they get interviews in the media, people talk about them. Our problem as a sport, as a, as a whole, is we think if you're out of the top three, you're terrible and should hang it up. That, that's, a, that's an issue that we have, I feel, with, with a few things in our sport. That's one of the issues we have. Um, Jacob, oh yeah, and, yeah. and I, I see that a lot. I mean, yeah, there's guys that are getting you know tenth place that are making you know half a million dollars at the end of the year when all said and done, and and you know on if you go on a moto forum, they're telling them they should retire. Why should I get retire? Right. Tenth best rider in the world making half a million dollars racing the sport that you everybody else is paying to do. Yeah. Why would he quit? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, right. You know exactly. It. We 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 tend to like. What's wrong with that guy? Well, and Evan, I mean, I'm not coming down on you, but nothing's, no, nothing's wrong with that guy. He's not as good as the top guys, but he's also in the top ten right. of riders. In, I mean, Jake Weimer, you could make a case that Jake Weimer's probably in the top ten riders in the world. In the world. Uh, at least top 15, anyways. And what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah, no, I, I like so, the guy. And no. I just, I don't know. I, I, you hate to see him down on himself like your post-race interview some of them just seems like he's on yeah. a ledge no know? no yeah he is absolutely he is on the ledge which is good good interview <laughs> so thanks evan thank you take it easy thanks uh i, I think i think weimer's a victim of his own expectations right. uh you know he just like everybody else we all think we're really really good and he is really good but so is everyone else for you, you don't get good yeah. starts and you don't put yourself in a good position he's not good enough to just ride around past guys like yeah. Scott Grant and Kennard and Barsha and on and on and on. I mean, you just, you just, you know, Rattray and there's so many guys. Reed, just go down the list. You're, he's not good enough to just ride up and pass those guys. If yeah. he starts ahead of them, sure, he can sure. beat them, right. but you have to put yourself in good position. All right, let's take one last call, JT. You're going to do a little bit of overtime on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Um, Austin, be filled, but it's all right. Austin, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's your question? Uh, if Davey Millsaps was out there right now, do you see him battling for lead, winning a moto, podium? What, what can you see? Let's ask Jason Thomas that question. I would see Davey Millsaps battling for the third place spot on the podium. Kennard, Barsha. Yep, he's in that fight. Stewart, those dudes. He would not be, in my opinion, he's not uh, going to beat Dungey and, and Bill Poto on a consistent basis, but he certainly can be that third guy between Stewart, Parsha, Kennard, like Josh Grant last week. All those guys, he's right in the fight. All right. Thanks, Evan. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, all right. Before we wrap it up here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, JT, the whoops at Washougal have seen a lot of evolutions. Um, which which do you like the best? Which which sec- How do you like them set up the best? Uh, I like them. I think I like them whenever they're built like Supercross loops, kind of. Yeah. Just something different. Um, a little bit of a change from, you know, we have so many sets of rollers and rhythm loops and all this stuff in this season. Some, something different, and 
I think it really presents a challenge to the to the riders to set their bikes up and the technicians because you know it really adds a different aspect to the track where you could lose a full second if you're if you're not if you don't have the right, right. bike setup and you don't want to veer too much off of your normal setup because it, then it's not going to work on the rest of the track. So so now the now uh, they're set up where like you basically go double inside, triple outside, and yep. you kind of just you know double, double, triple, whatever you can, sort of rhythm, you're jumping through them until the end when they sort of become rollers. But, yeah, years ago they were more like soupy whoops where you would blitz them. So, um, you there? All right. Well, that's two for two today, Tits. He might still be there. I don't know. Who knows? Jason Thomas, gone. Kidnapped by aliens like Jimmy Albertson. <laughs> Did Jimmy ever call back? <laughs> He did, yeah. He did? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's let's do this. Thanks to Jason Thomas for coming on. I, I had a question about Horsepower Hill, but we're not going to. Here? Oh, there? Yeah. We're, you're back? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was talking the whole time. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, hey, last question before we wrap up. Uh, horsepower Hill. I, I made a statement earlier in the show that it truly is a test of horsepower. Um, a lot of guys have told me over the years, I was wide open, and this dude flew by me on a pro circuit bike or on a uh, factory Honda or whatever. Talk about horsepower hill coming up and how fast you're going, what gear you're in and, and ducking the rocks. Uh, yeah. Horsepower hill is pretty fun. Um, you know, obviously the, the scariest thing is, uh, scrubbing that jump before it where yeah. canard's gotten hurt. Yep. Um, kind of scrub and then it's really just wide open. Whatever, you know, whatever gear your bike will pull typically it's, you know, we leave it in third and let it carry up the hill. Um, but yeah, the, the first lap and, and really if you're behind anybody, it's pretty painful on a 450. You're pretty much getting out of the way. The right. point, in the first lap, I just put my head down and hopefully I didn't run into the back of somebody. So, do you, uh, it's definitely one of the cooler, cooler, um, kind of things. You know, we always talk about the tracks keep getting rid of these traditional yeah. aspects and it's one of the last ones out there. Do you have a moment that you, you can think of where you're wide open and some dude just blows by you and you're like, there's no possible way anybody can go any faster than what I'm going right now? <laughs> Not so much going up the hill because okay. uh, everybody's pretty much wide open and it, there's really no no load on the bike. It's so right. hard pack. Um, I have watched some factory 250F, so just blow by some privateers going <laughs> right. up that thing. Yeah, I have too, but, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of deal for the guy a few times just because he has no chance all right hey jason thomas uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to come on the fly racing moto 60 show i know you're up in the beautiful pacific northwest if you find one of those little tiny huts that make mochas uh visit them they're great they're some of the best coffee oh, they're everywhere yeah they're everywhere i just haven't seen them very much much around the hotel area um but yeah. go hit them up those things are, are terrific i'll do it all right thanks buddy you'll see you tomorrow all right, All right, man. Sounds uh, good. Uh, Jason Thomas, Fly Racing owns Jason Thomas, uh, Fly Racing Show. Supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in the North American market. And distributed in 40-plus countries. Tits, did, uh, did you have fun today? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, Dungey for the win? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he can uh, he can do it, and RV will... RV streak stays. It's, 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 it's unbeaten It's streak. entirely yeah. possible that RV will break the streak, but... Just for fun, we'll stick with, with Dungy. All right, let's do that. Uh, hey, thanks to Fly Racing USA. Thank you for you guys for listening. We gave away a set of uh, 2014 light hydrogen light hydrogen gear. Uh, some of the same stuff that Canard, Short, Albertson, 
Gerke, Thomas, if he was racing, they'd all be wearing it. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. We appreciate it. We will be back next week on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. We's out. <laughs>